0: Welcome to the Pastor's Study.
1: One day Jesus was in the temple sitting across from the offering box, and he's watching rich people put in big sums. Along comes a widow, puts in two cents, and he says, Disciples, this widow has put in more than all those rich people. They gave out of their abundance. She out of her poverty put in everything she had. And the question I want to ask this half hour is, do you glorify God with your money? What I want to do is go through this kind of famous story of the widow's might and what Jesus said to the disciples. Let's learn all we can. Let's pray. Father, we do want to pray you help each of us be healthy, happy, generous givers that will be like the widow and will learn to let go, trusting you will make up the lack God, by your Holy Spirit, speak to us and, again, help us be generous givers. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn, if you would, in your New Testament to Mark chapter 12, starting at verse 35. And as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, How can the scribes, that's the Jewish Bible scholars, How can the scribes say that the Christ is the Son of David? David himself in the Holy Spirit declared and then Jesus quotes the Old Testament here's the first lesson Jesus believed in the inspiration of the Old Testament Uh, Jesus is quoting the Old Testament here and he says David in the Holy Spirit declared so Jesus teaching is when you read the Old Testament you are reading what God the Holy Spirit declared we believe in the inspiration of of the Old Testament. I hope you read your Old Testament. Don't read just the New Testament, read the Old Testament too. They're both inspired. It's the same God. There was a heretic back in uh, about 150 A.D. by the name of Marcion. He was anti-Jewish. He taught the Old Testament God is a different God from the New Testament God. So he taught, let's get rid of the Old Testament. The early church said, Marcion, you're a heretic. If Jesus believed in the inspiration of the Old Testament, we better too. So, everybody, I hope everybody read your Bible daily, regularly, but don't just read the New Testament. The Old Testament is just as inspired. Verse 36. Now, Jesus is quoting David in the Old Testament. David said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David calls him, the Messiah, Lord. So, how is he, the Messiah, David's son? And the great throng heard Jesus gladly. So, here's the next lesson. The Old Testament teaches that Jesus is Lord. Follow this. According to the Old Testament, here, Jesus isn't just the son of David, the Messiah. Jesus is also the Lord of David, the God of David, the Creator of David. And this happens a number of times in the New Testament, that an Old Testament verse that applied to God is re-quoted in the New Testament and applied to Jesus. So when the Jehovah's Witnesses come to your door and say, Jesus isn't God, the Trinity isn't true, Jesus is not eternal, He's a creature that God the Father made, we say, well, then how do you, how do you deal with the fact that The Old Testament verses that are applied to God are re-quoted in the New Testament and applied to Jesus. And especially, here's the one I use on Jehovah's Witnesses. Jesus rose from the dead. Thomas didn't believe it. Jesus pops up in the room, and Thomas falls on his knees and says to Jesus, my Lord and my God. What did Jesus do? Oh, Thomas, you've made a mistake. I'm not God. No, Jesus accepted the worship and said, Thomas, you should have believed it without seeing it. I had somebody ask me, can you deny the Trinity and be saved? And I said to this person, I wouldn't play with that one. You know what the earliest creed is? It's not the Apostle Creed, although that's a very early creed. The earliest creed is in the New Testament. Three words. Jesus is Lord. That means he's God. He's Master. I wouldn't play with that. Verse 38. And in Jesus' teaching, he said, Beware of the scribes, again, that's the Jewish Bible experts, who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts. Here's the next lesson. Beware of men's praise. If people praise you a lot, be careful. I mean, now and then somebody says, Pastor Brock, you're such a wonderful preacher. And inwardly, part of me likes that, but another part of me is thinking, you don't know what a sinner I am. So if people are, are praising you a lot, just be careful. Here in Scotland was a young preacher who comes out of seminary. He's very full of himself. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, the church invites him to preach. And in some Scottish churches, you climb way up these stairs and you're in a pulpit over the congregation. Well... He very arrogantly, he kind of prances up to the pulpit and starts to preach. And he can tell it's not going well. People are staring at the ceiling. It's just going really bad. And at the end of the sermon, he kind of came down the stairs like this. And an old elder took him aside. Ladi, had you gone up the pulpit the way you came down. You'd have come down the pulpit the way you went up. <laughs> In other words, be humble you'll be a lot easier to live with beware of men's praise look back at verse forty these pharisees who devour widows houses here's the next lesson beware of using religion to get money the pharisees you know didn't get a salary so they lived off of contributions nothing's wrong with that i live off of contributions your pastor lives off of contributions but there can be an abuse. And the, some of the Pharisees were using this, their position, to soak the widows out of their, you know, their, their money. I saw him on TV again this week. Have you ever seen the evangelist Peter Popoff? And he wants to send you miracle spring water from Jerusalem to heal your financial woes and to heal your cancer. And I mean, it was horrible. And testimony after testimony, yes, Brother Popoff, I drank your miracle spring water, and the next day, $50,000 in my post office box. And then the next person, yes, uh, $52,000. I mean, woman and man after, after example. And I thought, this is evil. Beware of using uh, religion to get money. Way back in 1972, there was a documentary called Marjo about this fake Christian evangelist who could really preach and then afterwards the camera would show him in his hotel room throwing the money in the air rejoicing on how he'd bilked people cuz he didn't believe in christianity i watched that again a while ago it was kind of spooky so beware of of preachers they can be very skilled who preach the gospel to get your money so <sighs> somebody asked, all right, well, how do I know if I give to a ministry if it's really going to go to the people in India instead of to to the pastor's Cadillac? And you know what I do? ECFA, the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. I look to see if the ministry has that seal on their website. And if it does, I mean, I love giving to Samaritan's Purse. Or to International Christian Concern or Persecution.org uh, or to Voices of the Martyrs, these Christian ministries, because they are part of that organization and they're on the up and up. <clears throat> Verse 40. And for a pretense, these Pharisees make long prayers for the widows. They will receive the greater condemnation. Here's the next lesson Hypocrisy brings great condemnation. Let's talk about hypocrisy for a minute. When people say to me, well, the church is full of hypocrites. My response is, I know. I am one. (laughs) Listen, everybody's a hypocrite. No Buddhist, Jew, Christian, or atheist lives up to what they know they should be. Everybody's a hypocrite. and. You know, I have to preach to you on TV. Do I live up to all of this perfectly that I'm telling you to do? No, but somebody's got to preach it. But everybody's a hypocrite. I remember a pastor telling me, You know how I got Roy into church? His wife and kids came every Sunday. He never came. So one day I went to his door. I said, Roy, can we talk? And why don't you come to church? And Roy said, Oh, that Hope Lutheran church, full of hypocrites. And the pastor said, Room for one more. (laughs) And my point is, we're all hypocrites. But then there's the Pharisee hypocrite. That's what Jesus is condemning in this verse. The Pharisee hypocrite says, I'm not a hypocrite. Uh, At least I don't do what that person does, and I'm better than these other people. That is what Jesus is condemning. The Pharisee hypocrite is someone who, I don't need a savior because I'm not a sinner. Jesus said that kind of hypocrisy will bring great condemnation. You know, here's this older woman that I was ministering to, and she's going to heaven because she's a good person. And I tried to explain her, it doesn't work that way. We're sinners. We need Jesus to be saved. No, I've led a good life, and I know when I stand before God, He'll let me into heaven because of, of the good things I've done. I said, it doesn't work that way. We have earned hell by our sins. We're sinners who need a Savior. No, no, I think I've been... I, another pastor I kind of sent to help her, she, she wouldn't budge for either of us. You know? So beware of being a Pharisee hypocrite, and you don't need a Savior. <clears throat> Let me ask you this. We're all hypocrites. What kind of hypocrite are you? Are you a hypocrite who hates your hypocrisy? You mourn over your hypocrisy. You bring your hypocrisy to Jesus and, forgive me, Lord, help me be a true Christian. That's, that's what a Christian is. Or are you a Pharisee hypocrite? Well, at least I don't do that and that, and I'm better than most people. Then you're in trouble. Verse 41. And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money in the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. Here's the next lesson. God watches what you put in. (laughs) I, I read of a pastor one day who gave the sermon, And then after the sermon was the offering, the pastor came down from the pulpit and walked with the usher as the usher passed the plate. And the pastor watched every dollar that somebody did or didn't put in. Some people got shamefaced. Some people got mad at the pastor. And he went back in the pulpit and said, you know, dear people, if it concerns you that I have seen what you have and haven't given today, does it not concern you that the God of the universe who holds your eternity in his hands, he sees everything you do every Sunday? Uh-huh. Here's a, a wealthy New York church. And a man is going to put a dollar in as the plate comes by, but then he sees who the usher is, this famous multimillionaire. He takes a hundred dollars and he puts it into the plate. <laughs> and you know, you hear that and you think, doesn't he care that Almighty God, who cares that this multimillionaire thinks, Almighty God sees what you put in the plate. There was a worship service, and they were taking an extra collection for the foreign missions. And so they're, they're passing the plate the second time through, and, and this man kind of lifts his nose to the woman next to him and says, says, you know, you can pass it on. I don't believe in foreign missions. And the woman looked at him and said, well, sir, then take something out of the plate. It's for the heathen. <laughs> and, and my point is this. If dirt-poor Christians in Africa can tithe, we can tithe in America. And if God was to judge you by what you put in the plate, would He judge you as a Christian or as a heathen? Verse 42, And a widow came and put in two small copper coins which make a penny, And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Here's the last lesson today. Glorify God with your money. Have you ever done what the widow did? This is called sacrificial giving. You don't give. You give till it hurts. You ever done that? A pig and a chicken are walking down the road. They see a big billboard, ham and eggs breakfast. And the the chicken says to the pig, shall we go? And the pig says, oh no, for you to go, it's a contribution. For me to go, it's a sacrifice. (laughs) And the question is, have you ever given to the point of it kind of hurting? you know here is this Japanese school teacher Christian woman in Japan who sent a big check every month to missions and somebody knew about her situation and stopped her and said you know I know that you you pay for your you have to take care of your mother and you don't make that much that's too hard for you and her response was I want it to be hard Frances Havergal Back in 1873, wrote the hymn, "Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord to thee." Well, one day, the stanza came to her mind that she had written: uh, "Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold." And she thought of her jewelry collection. And she wrote this to her friend. I I retained only a brooch for daily wear, which is a memorial to my parents, and also a locket of my niece in heaven. Everlyn, I had no idea I had such a jewelry shop. Nearly 50 articles are being packed off. I don't think I need to tell you I have never packed a box with such pleasure. Well, one last thought. Here was a Native American man, an Indian chief, who loved to worship, sang know, just with so much gusto and enthusiasm, and he gave lots of money to the church. And somebody took him aside and said, you know, you're so excited in church and you give this church so much money. Uh, Why do you do that? And he said to this, it was a missionary that said that to him, and he responded to the missionary, ah, you have never been in the darkness, have you? And listen, once you think about it, why do you give? Because we were going to hell for eternity. Jesus died on the cross, suffered in our place such a horrible death, rose from the dead. The reason we give to the Lord is He took us out of darkness. Amen.
2: Welcome to the portion of the Pastor's Study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of Scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with Him. This is your chance to send us a question because we love to hear from you and we'd love to take and try to answer questions that sometimes we don't come up with by ourselves. So, Pastor Brock, though, let's talk a little bit more about money and things today here, Mm -hmm. though. You talked about the Marcion heresy.
1: What were some other heresies in the early Mm -hmm. church? Marcion, his heresy, again, was The Old Testament God is different than the New Testament God, let's get rid of the Old Testament. That was his heresy. A big heresy, probably the biggest heresy in the early church, was the ancient version of Jehovah's Witnesses. There was a a, a heretic by the name of Arius in the church, and he taught that Jesus is not God. He's not eternal with the Father and the Spirit. So that was a big heresy in the early church. There was another heresy, kind of the opposite, that taught Jesus is God, but he's not really a man was called docetism, doceo in Greek means to seem like. And the docetists taught Jesus looked like a man, but we know God would never really become man. And the early church said that's a heresy. If God didn't really become a man and die for man's sins, we're not saved. So uh, Marcionism, Arianism, docetism, and there were, other, all, there were all kinds of heresies in the early church, which is why we had to uh, come together and br- come up with the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed to summarize the Bible's teachings against... It was these cults, these heretics that forced us to come up with the ancient creeds.
2: I find this really interesting, because I guess I didn't stop to think about the fact that heresy has been a part of the church since yes. the beginning then.
1: Read the book of Galatians. Paul had to write the book of the Galatians because the Judaizers are teaching, you can be saved by Jesus, but you also have to be circumcised. And P- Paul said that's a heresy. We're saved by grace alone, not by our works. So even the New Testament, First Corinthians is written to counter the heresy of of the Corinthians, which had the opposite problem that said we're saved by grace so we can sin as much as we'd want. And he had to write First Corinthians for that. So, yeah, you had them in the New Testament.
2: So if you read your Bible, though, you see what those people who were doing heresy, how they were brought down. Yeah, you do. And yet we're allowing it to happen again in the the word, saying it's
1: under the word of God. And Jackie, to me, it's easy to say the Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons are wrong, and they are. But what's grievous to me is when you have Christian denominations, which used to be Christian, and you've got bishops in the church promoting heresy like this. That, that, that's what's most grievous to me.
2: So where does the Bible teach that Jesus is God? What okay. verse?
1: There's a number of verses. What's Let me just quick, one? quickly do the, the best ones. John 20, where Thomas calls Jesus God and Jesus accepts the worship. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word is with God, the Word was God, and then Jesus becomes flesh. Hebrews chapter 1, where God the Father calls Jesus God. Colossians chapter 1, that Jesus is the exact image and representative of God. You've got a number of those verses where in the Old Testament, it was a verse about God. It's re-quoted in the New Testament and applied to Jesus. So, uh, uh, one more. Philippians chapter 2, Jesus, though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he came to earth emptying himself, etc so there 's a number of verses okay
2: um, you said to beware of men 's praise, is it wrong to like it when
1: people compliment you i don't think i don 't think that 's wrong because we 're supposed to encourage one another and if Jackie, you did a good job at something good job jackie we 're supposed to do that for one another I guess it 's a matter of how do I take it? <laughs> do I use this encouragement to keep me going for the Lord or do I use it to you know, tell everybody about how wonderful I am? Those are pe- people that are hard to live with.
2: You know, I have to thank you because so often people stop me in the grocery store, or they'll follow me around someplace and say, finally, are you the gal that does the show with Pastor Tom? And you know, I've enjoyed meeting and talking to all of you, but believe me, I don't let it go to my head. (laughs) It's fun and it's really neat.
1: It is, but we're just human sinners that are trying to preach the word of the Lord.
2: (laughs) So, some churches ask for money a lot.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Is this wrong?
1: Again, it depends how. If you're browbeating people to get money, that's wrong. Paul says uh, God loves a cheerful giver. So, we need to be cheerful about this. And Paul says, each one is to give as he is determined in his own mind. That's, uh, so, Jackie, it's not my job to tell you how much to give or to check on you. That's between you and the Lord. Uh, but on the other hand, nothing's wrong with the pastor getting up and saying, look, we need to meet our goals here if we're going to get the missionaries out, if we're going to keep the building heated, you know. <laughs> nothing's wrong with doing that.
2: Okay, can we talk about tithing? Is tithing something that Christians are required to do?
1: Okay. Tithing in the Old Testament was the Jews needed to give ten percent of their crops or their income.
2: So is that an Old Testament? It's an thing? Old
1: Testament thing now. So is is tithing required of a Christian? Well, Jesus said about the Pharisees, "You tithe, you know, dill, common etc., and you neglect uh, mercy and the weightier things of the law. These you should have done." without neglecting the former so jesus kind of blesses tithing now some people say yeah but he's still talking to the jews there that was an old testament thing christians don't have to tithe here's my response if the old testament jews who knew this much about the love of god were to be moved to give ten percent of their money us new testament christians who now know about Christ's death on the cross for us we know this much about the love of god Will we be moved to give more or less than the Old Testament Jews? I think, Jackie, 10% is a minimum for Christians to give. That's my opinion.
2: Is that 10% that we're talking about what you should be giving to just your church, yeah. and the rest becomes gifts above that to right. the other things the, you donate to, or is that considered
1: a part of your 10%? Well, no, the tithe, the, tithe, the 10%, I'll tell you what I do, and again, I, I don't know if this is biblical, but this is the way a lot of people operate. There's tithes and offerings. Tithe is your 10%. I give that to the local church. But then there's offerings above the 10%. I give that to, you know, Christian missions around the world, that kind of thing. So that's what I do.
2: Okay, so how does a person make sure that they're, or how do they tell a really good Christian work mm-hmm. that
1: they should give to
2: Mm-hmm. Are there certain guidelines? Oh or?
1: yes, and again, I will tell you, I some of these TV preachers who you know, you send me, you you know, you you sow your seed. In other words, you send me money. You're going to reap your harvest, and and you're going to get your daughter back off of drugs, and you're going to get your marriage back, and you're going to get rid of your lumbago. You just need to send me money and sow that seed. I want to scream at the TV when I hear these guys. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul doing that? And so, how do you know who's who's legit? Well, you go to their website or you write them a letter. Are you a member of the ECFA, Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability? And if they've got that seal, they're part of a group, a watchdog group, that makes sure that the money that goes to India goes to India and not to his jet plane.
2: Have you heard of people being bilked from things popping up in their emails and things like that?
1: Uh, I almost got bilked <laughs> when I got my first. Pastor Brock, we are. We want to send you thirteen million dollars. My husband just died. I, I I I got excited. I went to the elders of the church. Guess what I got? Well, boy, was I gullible. And I've gotten about fifteen of those now. So yes, I've heard of people <laughs> that have almost been bilked.
2: Well, you know, and it's scary now because we have young people that are texting and things that are coming across through Facebook and Twitter mm-hmm. and all these things and you don't know if they're legitimate no, no. and it's so
1: just I, if you don't really know don't give <laughs> go give to good groups
2: um what are some of your favorite mission christian missions that you think people should support I, i'll
1: tell you where i like to give money well first of all give your own local church that's where you're being fed and you need to uh, to f- feed back but i love Samaritan's Purse, run by Billy Graham's son Franklin Graham, they, they have a good track record of the. Uh, when you send a dollar, it goes to where it needs to go, and they help they help relief and famines all over the world. Another group I love is called International Christian Concern. You go to persecution.org, persecution.org, and you give money to help these widows and these people that have, their husbands have been killed because they were preaching the gospel in Afghanistan, and you help support the widows and the children. I love that. Um, Campus Crusade for Christ has a very good track record. Uh, you know, most, most of these places are pretty good, but you've got enough shysters on TV that you've got to be careful.
2: I like to give to, like, KTIS radio too, go. because it's a good Christ, radio Christian station radio. to be on yep. and listen to. Yeah. And I mean, let's face it, we depend on your help for contributions to keep our ministry yeah. going. And yeah. um, we have to all be careful and watch. So right. we'd like to encourage you to check out our website. You're going to see it on our screen right now, PastorsStudy.org. two S's. And there you can send a, show to somebody that you may want to see one of our shows or you can see old shows but we just want to thank you for your continued support and your prayers to help this ministry continue so we ask that God would bless you and grant you his richest blessings until we're together again next time.
0: Thank you for watching The Pastor Study.